Amen. Choir, always thank you for that gift. And the old rugged cross, I'll tell you, that is one of my, I have lots of favorites. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. <laughs> hey, what a surprise about that. <laughs> it just, uh, just reminds us of the source of, of all love. And so thank you for, for that gift and for that blessing. And again, it's good to be together as we continue along in our series entitled The Riches of the Risen Life. And it's, it's based on the whole notion that when Christ rose from the grave, uh, what Christ did was to bring forward a, a newness of life, an abundance of life in his risen presence and by the power of his spirit. And, and that's what's offered to us as people of faith is that as, even as he rises, we also have that opportunity uh, to rise with him and in him into a, a fuller life of love. And we celebrate that together. Last week we looked at how that relates to the whole notion of cynicism in life and, and how we can move beyond cynicism. And today we're going to look at the whole notion of burnout and uh, how we can move beyond that as we move forward in life with our risen Lord. And I want to focus in on uh, one of the verses that uh, Chris read just a moment ago in the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, how he took time to draw away and how he took time to be restored in his relationship and through his relationship with God. And so we're going to be reading from verse 35 as a focus verse for us this morning. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and he went out to a deserted place and there he prayed. In the morning, while it was very dark, Jesus got up very early, went out to a deserted place and there Jesus prayed. What we didn't read was before that, there's a reason that he did all that because of all the demands and all the people and all the pressures and all the ways that these crowded in on him. And so as they all pressed in on him, he knew how important it was for him to find that place, that place for him and God, that place for them to be together, that place where he could be renewed and restored and refreshed so he could re-engage life. And so in that gift that Jesus modeled for us, I'd invite us to, to bow our heads, to open up our hearts in prayer this day. Gracious God, we're grateful for this day, for the specialness that it holds for us, even as we remember those who, who love us and have loved us and in their love have led us forward into, into greater life. And particularly this day, even as we honor our mothers and our grandmothers, we also think of of Christ upon the cross, pouring out his life for us, and in his rising, giving us a gift of newness of life. And so we come into this, these moments ready to be refreshed and renewed in your truth and by your love. We ask that you lead us forward in how we can live life ever more fully in your name. And let the honor, praise, and glory be to you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we've gathered and worship and pray. Amen. I want to start out this morning with a riddle. I know everybody likes riddles, right? You ready for it? Yes. Okay, good. All right. What has 180 moving parts, six pairs of hands, three sets of eyes, and leaks? 180 moving parts, six pairs of hands, three sets of eyes, and leaks. Oh, I see somebody raising their hand. <laughs> Emma knows that's good. Emma, I'm not going to call on you from up here, but that's all right. I'm glad you, that's, we got one that's got the answer. That's good. 
I'll tell you, I did not know the answer personally until I read Irma Bombeck, and uh, Irma was a writer, uh, a columnist from about a generation ago, and uh, Irma wrote this uh, piece that was entitled, When God Creates Mothers. And, uh, and the piece goes like this. It was the sixth day of creation, and it was late on the sixth day of creation, and God is bending over the workbench and working away feverishly, and as God is slaving away where the angels draws alongside of God and says, God, what are you doing so late in the work week? You know, you work six days, tomorrow's the Sabbath, you can take tomorrow off. What are you doing working so late today? And God says, have you seen the specs on this one? Have you seen these specs? 118 moving parts. And it has to be completely washable, but cannot be plastic. It has to be able to run on black coffee, cure anything with a kiss, and needs six pairs of hands. The angel says, six pairs of hands? Who needs six pairs of hands? Probably ask any mom why you need six pairs of hands. He can get the answer. Needs six pairs of hands. And God says, well, it's not the six pairs of hands that's bothering me. It's the three sets of eyes. Three sets of eyes, yes. One set uh, that is able to look through walls so they always know what's going on in the other room. Another set that's in the back of their head so they can always see behind them to know what's going on everywhere. And then the third set, you know, that is able just in one look to kind of put people in their place and then, and, and then in a blink of an eye is able to turn around and say, you know, you are forgiven and everything is okay. Have those three sets of eyes, and God and the angel says, "My goodness, God, that is that is a tall order. I know you're working hard. You need to break it, take a break, and get back to it at the beginning of next week." And God says, "No, I I'm, I am just so close. I, I am so close. In, in this particular model, they can heal themselves, and they can feed a family of six on one pound of hamburger. I mean, you know, what's not to like about this?" And then, and then the angel says, well, you know, can, is, they're really too soft. I said, oh, no, they are tough. They can endure more than you can ever imagine. Well, can they think, the angel asks. And, and, and God says, can they think? Oh, man, they can think. They got book sense. They got common sense. They can rationalize. They can compromise. They can do it all when it, when it comes to thinking. The angel leans forward, looks at the model more closely. He says, well, God, you're trying to pack too much in, you're trying to put too much in the model because the model leaks. Right here, there, there's a leak. And God says, well, that's not a leak. That's a tear. That's a tear. And the angel, what's a tear? A tear is for joy, for sadness. A tear for pain and for pride. The angel said, God, you are a genius. God says, well, I didn't put that there. I did not put that there. It was there in the mother's heart. Irma Bombeck wrote that piece, and it's a great piece. It just kind of reminds us of how in this day we have the opportunity to gather together as people of faith to honor those in our lives who have blessed us with their love, our moms and our stepmoms and our grandmoms and our, our wives and our um, 
daughter-in-laws and our aunts and, and all those people uh, who have surrounded us and nurtured us. Because I want to tell you, friends, as we grow into being people who have an ability to love other people, we don't get there by ourselves. We get there because there were people in your life, instrumental people in your life, who have shaped you to become the person that, that you have become and that I have become. And today is a day to remember and to honor and to give thanks. And I celebrate that we are able to do that together. It's a, it's a good gift of God. They are a good gift of God to us. And, and to be able to honor them today is, is a way to, to say thank you. And we do that remembering and rejoicing uh, in their witness. And so to celebrate that together is so important. And in the midst of the celebration, in the midst of the sentiment, I just want to lift up one question about all those specs. It's not that I just read or just quoted or whatever. Because in all those specs, what I did not see was anything about space, <laughs> anything about personal space. Anything about space with God, anything about space, you know, for grace. I, I didn't see that in, in any of the specs. And, and to be quite honest with you, when I read through the specs, really what I saw was expectations, you know? I mean, six arms or six pairs of arms or whatever the spec was, I mean, uh, that's, that's like holding the world together when you start getting the six arms going out there and the, the three sets of eyes and having to know what's going on all the time and, and, and that's, a, that's a heavy load. And, and you begin to think about all those things and you think, golly, in, those, in all those specs, there was just all these expectations. I think, boy, that's, that's, that's a heavy load to, to bear. And it is a load to bear that really, I think, is, has come so much with the role across really uh, a, a long period of time in terms of being nurturers. I, I would want to read you, uh, I am going to read you here in a second from Proverbs, which is uh, wisdom from the Bible, goes back probably, you know, 2,500, 3,000 years uh, about uh, w women and the role of women and the role of moms in that day. And so let me read to you the, the expectations uh, that, that come forward from Proverbs. And it starts at Proverbs 31, a good wife is hard to find. Right there you know that, man, whoever wrote that's in trouble. Uh, so <laughs> Solomon, he had so many, I don't know, but anyway, uh, we're going to go past that one. But here, here's what he writes, a, uh, a good wife who's hard to find, rises while it's still night, provides food for her household, lines out all the tasks for her servant girls, considers a field and buys it. Uh, with the fruit of her hand, she goes ahead and plants the vineyard. After she buys the vineyard, she girds herself with strength. She makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable, and her lamp does not go out at night. And so what happens is she rises while it's still night, and her lamp does not go out at night. And I look at all the rest of I didn't quote you a whole bunch of other verses, but when you look at all those verses, you know, it reminds me of that saying that's been around for so long, uh, which goes like this, a man's work is from sun to sun, but a woman's work is never done. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's just kind of, you know, the whole set of expectations are just kind of laden in there. And you might think, well, that's from the Bible and that's from the old days. But I don't know if you saw the morning paper today and it, uh, highlighted on the front page of the Dallas Morning News, Emily Jones. And, and uh, uh, you know, Emily is just, um, she's a super mom. 
Uh, and and the, what happens in the article is she's a reporter for, for uh, South uh, Fox Sports Network, and uh, she also has a nonprofit, and she's also written a couple of books, and by the way, she has a couple of kids. And I thought, wow, that's like a... <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of held up as, here's, here's mom, you know, <laughs> who, who can do that, <laughs> you know, and it's great that Emily can, but, but the whole notion is there's all these expectations, you know, and with all the expectations, you know, like I said, that is a, that's a hard road and that is a heavy load and it becomes harder and it becomes heavier if what happens is you see that the way you understand the role is that, you know, everything has to be done right because the people who rely on me are important people in my life. And so everything has to be done right. And when you start having to do everything right and, and make sure everything is taken care of, what that does is it starts to multiply a list in your mind of all the things that, that go into making things right. And so the, the, the lists get generated and they get generated and they get generated. The only way you can approach them is through multitasking. And for me, what happens in multitasking is it multiplies the tasks. I think that's for me the definition. I mean, things just keep, you know, just multiplies, multiplies. Whenever you start doing that, you're going to find that inevitably something's going to fall through the crack. And when something falls through the crack, there's going to be maybe some disappointment, maybe some guilt that that didn't get done or didn't get done right or didn't get done the way I wanted it to get done. And yet there's so much stuff still to do that it kind of leads to into a, into a tiredness, yet you still have to be on because people are relying on you. And even as you have to be on and people are relying on you, you get to the point where I'm thinking, well, everybody else can do this because I look at social media and I look at Facebook and, and everything is what I call Pinterest perfect. You know, it's, it's all perfect out there. I'm thinking, my goodness, like, who can live up to that? And who can live into that? You know, we look at that and to, to, to take that road in life, Take that path. Is a path going toward burnout. Is a path toward giving and giving and giving and giving. And you say, when is there time for receiving? And when is there time for renewing? And when is there time for building up? And when is there a time for refueling? When is there space? When is there a place, you know, to be, <laughs> just to be, be at peace and simply be is what we just sang. You know, where is that place in life? And I think that question about space and about place to be renewed and refreshed is not simply a question for the nurturers in our lives. It's a question for anyone who is a high achiever, who finds themselves surrounded by multiple demands, who feels like it all rests on you, who feels like it all has to be done right, who feels like if it's not done right, it is my fault. Who feels like if it is my fault, then you know what, this is, it's a burden that I carry because it all does rest and depend on me and I can't let people down. And so what you begin to find again as you walk that road, it's a hard road and, and that is a heavy load. And I wanna let you know this morning as we look at the text today that Jesus walked that road. Jesus knows that road. 
because as you look at the scripture this morning, what happened is Jesus, and this is at the beginning of his ministry, was surrounded by everyone who, who needed his care. And it says he was there, you know, in a home. And it says everyone was around the door, everyone who needed healing, everyone who needed help, everyone, you know, who had a burden in their life. They all came to Jesus. Hey, let me just, you know, touch you, talk to you, touch me, talk with me, do what you can to bless me and to, to bring me forward into the life that I need. And Jesus found himself surrounded by these demands. And as he was surrounded by these demands, Jesus felt the pressure of that. And knew that he had to do something about that. And I guess kind of the short way of saying is that even our Savior needed self-care. You know, even Jesus needed self-care. In fact, I think Jesus commanded self-care. At least that's one of the ways I read this scripture. Because when you read the great commandment, what Jesus says is, Love the Lord your God, all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. I think what the commandment does kind of in, in an in a inherent way is, is recognize that need that, that we have to be able to care for ourselves if we're truly going to care for somebody else, that we have to let God love us, others love us, even love ourselves, to be people who can grow up in love so that we can then go on to love others. I think that's inherent in the command that Jesus is, in, is saying, hey, yeah, we need to, to let that love soak in. We need to have that place and that space and that grace in our lives. And he invites us into that. And the scripture this morning shows how he integrates that in his life. And, the, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go uh, kind of a notion of going beyond burnout with these three B's. And just kind of you can note these if you're a person that takes notes. But, but here's the first B. The first B is take a break. Because McDonald's, as McDonald's says, you do deserve a break today. And you do, <laughs> you know, to take a break. Because what we find in the Scripture this morning is what Jesus did. What that meant for Jesus is a great while before day. He rose. He went out to that deserted place, and there he prayed. Jesus took that break. And so we ask ourselves the questions as we look at our lives. Where do you take a break? Where do you take a break on a daily basis? Where is your place just to draw apart, to catch your breath, to say a prayer, read some scripture, listen to some music, take a nap, take a walk, you know, some place where you find that you've entered into some space where you are refreshed and renewed in the scripture, they call it Sabbath. That is Sabbath space. And everyone needs that Sabbath space in a, in a daily way so we can draw into God's grace. Where is that time? Where is that space in your life? And not only in a daily way, we need it in a weekly way. Maybe on a weekly way, it's time with a friend. Maybe it's a chance to, to pursue a hobby that you enjoy. Maybe it's time out to go out with somebody that you love. And, you know, there's ways that as you look at, at your week, where's the space? Where's the grace? Where's that place where you care for yourself so that you can care for others? And then you expand it even further out. And you say, when is the time when you take a vacation? When is the time when you go make a visit uh, to a friend? When is the time where, where you just get a chance to, to draw apart in even a bigger way? But begin to look at your life. 
in ways that you say, you know what, in the specs of my life, I need space in my life and that care in my life because Jesus did that. And so we do that as well. First B is to take a break. The second B is to draw a boundary because the one thing that I find and, uh, is that the reason that people don't take breaks, the reason is I don't sometimes take a break is because I don't want to say no. And being drawn a boundary is where you say no. Where you say no uh, to things that, you know, to all the pressing demands that all surround you, and yet, you know what, saying, saying no is important. It's important for several reasons. It's important because there's a difference between I can't and I won't. You know, sometimes we think we don't have any options. We can't make any, dis you know, we don't really have the freedom to say no. But we have a lot more freedom than we think. And so sometimes what we do is we have to kind of weigh out, can I say no? And a lot of times we really can say no. And the reason that's important to say no is because what saying no recognizes, what drawing a boundary recognizes is that we can't do everything. We can't do it all and do it well. We just can't. We can do some things well, you know, but to try to do everything, what we find is we won't do it as well as we want. And so to draw that boundary makes that distinction between what's important in your life in terms of the people in terms of the purposes and allows you to begin to focus on those people and on those purposes because when you say no, you say yes to something else. When you say no to, to some of the demands that are not as important to you in, in being the person that God wants you to be, fulfilling the call in your life that, that you need, you feel, you feel you need to step into, when you draw that line, and say no to the things that are outside of that line. It allows you to say yes to the things that are inside of that line. And we'll let you know, Jesus did that. Jesus said no. And you look in the scripture this morning and you see how he did it. When he was, went out to that deserted place and he prayed, what happened is disciples came out and they found him out there. And when they found him out there, they said, hey, you need to come back because everybody's still there and everybody still needs you to do what you do best. You know, they need you to heal and bless and this and that and the other thing. And Jesus said, you know what? I need to go on because I've got other things that I need to do. And so in saying that, basically what Jesus was saying was, hey, it's important for me to carry forward in my mission where God has called me. And so in moving on, he said no to those who were behind him so he could say yes to those who were before him. And so the second thing is to draw a boundary. And the third thing we do, the third B, is about bless. Because, friends, when you and I take time to rest in the blessing of God, when you and I take time to kind of get to that place and get to that space where you can be with God and when you can be with others who renew and refresh and restore you, that's how we get <laughs> refueled. And that's how we're then we're able to go forward and re-engage and bless the rest. You rest in the blessing so that you go out then and bless the rest. There's a, there's a line in the scripture that I like where it says, let your yea be yea and your nay be nay, you know. 
But when you let your yay be yay, what happens is you kind of get strengthened in what you need to say yes to so you can really say yes again to those people, to those purposes, to those places where you are needed, that God has given you, where you and I can step forward and step into the life and the relationships that God has opened up to us. And so that's that third B. We take a break, we draw a boundary, we rest in the blessing so that we can then go out and bless. You know, I love our middle hymn that we sang, come and find that quiet center, because that is the invitation, I think, that the Scripture holds before us this morning. That in the middle of all the demands in life, in the middle of all the expectations that surround us, and the way we're kind of painted out as to, hey, we need to be super people in order to make life really happen, to say, hey, the way life really happens is we find that place, that center in our lives where we can be, where we can be refreshed and renewed and restored where we can be so that we can grow in the love, to give the love, and to be the blessing that God would have us to be. You know, it's at that space and in that place we get a chance to lean upon God's everlasting arms. Yeah, I know when I was growing up, one of the things I loved to do when I was a kid, kind of no matter what else was happening in life, um, I had parents, I was fortunate enough to have parents who deeply loved me. And uh, I'd go to them, particularly go to my mom, my dad, and just embrace me. I had a chance to lean into those everlasting arms. I know not everyone has that blessing at least with our earthly parents. But I know with our heavenly parents, I know with our heavenly Father, you and I have that gift of grace. And our last hymn invites us into that gift of grace to lean into those everlasting arms. So in that faith, I'm going to invite us to bow and to pray, and then I'm going to invite us to stand and to sing. So let's be together as we pray this day. Gracious God, we give you thanks for the, for the blessing of this morning, for the gift of this worship, for those who nurture us with love in our lives, for the ways that that love is strengthened and, and sourced out of your love for us in Jesus Christ, for the ways that he invites us into that place of, of care, caring not only for others but caring for ourselves, knowing that even as he set that example and witness that we could walk in that same way that leads us beyond burnout, that leads us into the blessing that you have us to be. And so in that gift of grace, we give you our thanks and our praise as we have joined in worship today in the name of our Lord and Savior. Amen. Invite us to stand, join together in singing our closing hymn, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Let's join together.
Dear friends, let's go from this time and this place as the people who can find that space, that grace in your life as you lean into and lean upon God's everlasting love in Christ. Be blessed by that love, strengthened by that love so that you can live in that love and give that love to everyone you meet as you go and live now and always in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.